Good morning. Glad you're here today. Hope you've had a great weekend so far. Glad we can start a new week together with God's people worshiping together. We have a lot of visitors here with us today. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. We appreciate you taking time out of your life to be here at Great Oaks to worship with us. We hope we get to meet you before you leave today. Those of us who are here all the time, let's try to look around for the unfamiliar faces when service is over and at least say hi. We always like our visitors to know who we're trying to be here at Great Oaks. We're trying to simply be Christians. We put Church of Christ on the sign because we try to only follow Jesus Christ. We don't want to be denominational. We don't think God wants that. We try to simply open the Bible and live it out in the church and in our lives. We try to help each other do that. If you have any questions about Great Oaks, please let us know. We'd sure love for you to join us in showing the world it's possible to simply be Christians. Really glad you're here today. A few things we're excited about before we get going. Cody Burrow. Cody, could you stand up just a second? Let everybody see you. This is Cody sitting in the back. Uh, Cody met with our elders a few weeks ago to let them know he'd like to serve, as, serve God here as part of the Great Oaks Church family. Cody grew up in Arlington, and he was introduced to us here at Great Oaks because he's dating Jessica Clark. They've been dating for a while. Uh, he was baptized into Christ earlier this year, so we're excited for him on that. Uh, he's a realtor with the Clark team. Uh, he also enjoys, and he enjoys what he's doing. He put that down in hobbies also. He enjoys work. Uh, he enjoys golf. Uh, he likes the Tennessee Vols. And he didn't put this down here, but uh, he's also really good at cornhole. If you ever play cornhole, um, Cody's a good guy to have on your team if you ever want to do that. So we're, we're happy for Cody and all the good things God's been doing in his life. If you haven't got to meet Cody yet, do that. Cody, really glad you're here today. Uh, let me say one more thing before I introduce our lesson. Um, y'all need to all give Graham Carey a hug before you leave, because as I was walking up here, he pointed out to me, he said, now Tim, don't miss this, the clock in the back is broken, so don't get, so, so don't, I'm a little offended, I, I was trying to decide how to handle that right here in front of everybody, uh, but, uh, but Graham is making sure, so I'll be watching my, as best I can my own clock here um, to try to make sure we don't keep everybody too long, so give Graham a hug before you leave uh, to make sure, he, he's trying to take care of you. Uh, this is what we've been doing all year long, and so this is our theme, if you haven't been with us, if you're visiting with us, we try to have a theme for the year. Just something to study, something to have some branch off studies about. And we've been talking about let us arise and build. It's in, it comes from the book of Nehemiah. It's been a good study, I hope, all year long. And today we're going to start one final branch off series before we get into the holidays and start doing some other things. So I hope it'll be a good study. Let's start with a prayer and then we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much for loving us and guiding us. God, we acknowledge you as the king of all the world. It's your world. You've created us. You've made us. You've led us. And God, you have a home prepared for us. God, I pray that every one of us here today has given our lives to follow you. God, if we haven't, please open our eyes to it. Give us courage. Give us wisdom to take the steps we need to take if we're not right with you. God, I pray that just being here today will encourage all of us to draw closer to you. God, we're thankful today for Cody. We're thankful for the good things you've been doing in his life. We're thankful for him giving his life to you in baptism earlier this year. God, please help us faith to keep growing. And I pray, God, we can walk alongside him and encourage each other for many years to come. God, as we open your word together today, I pray that what is said will be what you want to be said and that our faith will grow from it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Back in about 445 B.C., Nehemiah leaves uh, the land of Babylon, that area, and comes back to Jerusalem. 
And the wall of Jerusalem had been destroyed 140 years earlier and was still not built back. And so Nehemiah gathers the people together. This has been our theme verse for the year. He said, as, Jer- as Nehemiah tells the story, he says, You see the bad situation we're in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a reproach. He goes on in verse 18. He says, I told them. So he's telling the people he's gathered around. I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me. I love that phrase. The hand of my God had been favorable to me. And also about the king's words, the king that let him go back, which he had spoken to me. And then they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. We've challenged ourselves this year to have that attitude, to say, let us arise and build. And if your faith has gotten off track, if you've gotten lazy, if you've gotten distracted, if you've gotten into sin, if you've gotten busy, whatever it is, we try to challenge ourselves to arise and build. Let's get our faith going again. And we want as a church to be arising and building, building God's people, building relationships, and putting our hands to the good work. Our last branch off series from that this year, I've called it Fellow Workers with God. So what we'll do today, I want to introduce that umbrella idea of these next few weeks today and a couple more about this fellow workers with God idea. And then we'll spend our time in a text that I hope will be encouraging, a place that I think we'll see ourselves a little bit in what we'll see this morning. So let's talk about building for just a second. As you look in the Bible, here's what Scripture shows us. A lot of amazing things about God in Scripture. Here's one of them. We see God builds good things. God is a building God. He makes the world out of nothing. That's how it all starts. You look in Genesis chapter 1, and it starts with God making the world in six days. He makes light, and He makes the sky and the sea, and He makes land and plants, and He makes sun, moon, and stars, and He makes fish and and animals of the sea, and He makes all the land animals, and He makes humanity, and then He rests on that seventh day. Putting together a seven-day week, that would always be the structure for humanity from there on out. And as he builds all of that, he gets to the end of it in Genesis 1, 31. He looks over it all and it says, God saw that all, he saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. When God makes something, it is good. God is all good. He is all light. He cannot do anything that is not good. It's, it's not in his nature. He is, he is perfection in every sense. And so when he makes something, it is good. And you see it throughout the Bible, not just here at the beginning. You see him creating a people in the Israelites in the Old Testament starting with Abram. You see him guiding through all those Old Testament lives and all the ups and downs of faith. You see him guiding a people and bringing about the perfect situation for Jesus Christ to come into the world. You see him build a church. You see him promise he's going to build a a new heavens and a new earth, an eternal place for his people to be in all eternity. God is a building God. And in Scripture, James 1.17 might be a good summary for it. Every good thing given. And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. If you have good things in your life, truly good things, not not just some things the world calls good that really aren't good for you, but truly good things, those come from God. God builds good things. And He invites us in Scripture to build with Him. That's a pretty special invitation. And so that's, that's the umbrella idea of, of today in a couple more weeks. God is working, and he, and he invites us to work with Him. Maybe it's, I don't know if that's the best way to say it or not, but, but God is doing things, and He wants us to act, and He will help us. He will strengthen us 
as we do it. And you see, you see that again throughout the Bible. God asked Noah to build an ark. God was going to save Noah's family through the flood. God asked Abram to leave his home and come build a new family with God, and God would bless him in that. God invites people to come alongside. Jesus calls the apostles. He calls us, 2 Thessalonians rather. 2 Thessalonians 2.14 says, We are called through the gospel. The gospel keeps calling us to follow Jesus Christ. Calls everybody. Calls the whole world. I hope you've accepted that today. Many of us in this room have. When we do that, God is building in our lives, transforming our lives. A passage that I hope will overarch this theme is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Here in the section of 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Paul is saying that he planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You might be familiar with the passage. And it's a point about how, how Paul taught the gospel and Apollos taught the gospel and, and others were teaching the gospel, but it's God who made it grow. It always is. It's always God who makes it grow. And then Paul says what I think is a pretty special description in verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Those last two descriptions, you're God's field, like, like a farmer working in the field, God's working in your life. You're God's building, God is building your life, he, He's working in your life. But that first one I've underlined, don't miss it as you read past it. We are God's fellow workers. What a special designation, one we're not worthy of, one we can't possibly live up to. And yet God says, I'm working, I'm building good things. I want you to build alongside me. I can do good things through you. I will do good things through you if you'll take the steps I'm asking you to take. God offers us a special designation. So what I want us to do this morning, I want us to go back a little over 500 years before Nehemiah to about 970 B.C., when you have David king over Israel. This is the height of God's people in the Old Testament. David has brought the nation the, the full peace and prosperity that God had intended them to have. His son Solomon is soon going to take over when David dies. And I, what I want us to do is just walk through what David tells Solomon here in 1 Chronicles 22. And I want us to notice some parallels in our life. So it'll, that'll be the simple time for, for whatever time we have left. Uh, not watching the clock, just trying to keep up with it. The, the simple time we have left of what we see God doing in First Chronicles 22 in Solomon and what we hope we see Him doing us. So here's what we see in First Chronicles 22. First of all, David had done some things. David had made some great preparations for Solomon to build the temple. So it's, it's time to build God's temple. Remember, this was David's idea. David had come to... Uh, to to Nathan the prophet, his friend, and said, I want to build God a temple. I want to build him a house. I've got a great house, David said. I'm living in an amazing house. I want to build God one. And, and God gave the answer back through Nathan and said, David, uh, you're not going to build the temple. We'll see why as we go on through this passage. He said, but I'll build you a house. <laughs> so I'm gonna, it's always going to be a son of David that would be on the throne. It's one of God's special promises. Jesus would eventually fulfill it in its highest form, that the son of David, Jesus coming through his line, would be on the throne. But he says, your son, your actual son, physical son, Solomon, he, he will build the temple. And so David prepared. So even though it wasn't going to be David's job to build, it would be Solomon's. David wanted to do everything he could to make it possible for Solomon to build the temple. And so look at it here in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 5. David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced. 
And the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all lands. Therefore now I will make preparation for it. Notice how that word prepare is going to pop up a lot in this section. So David made ample preparations before his death. We find for one thing, if we skip ahead a little bit, we'll come right back to 1 Chronicles 22. Uh, David even prepared the location there in Jerusalem. It was on Mount Moriah, perhaps the same Mount Moriah that Abraham was going to offer Isaac on before God stopped him. Most think it was. And so here on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, where God had appeared to David, 2 Chronicles 3.1 says, at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. If we'd read back just a little bit in 1 Chronicles 21, the last few verses of that chapter, what you find, if you know the story of David's life, He had taken a census of the people that God didn't want him to take. It showed some sort of pride. And so the people were punished for that. There was a, the angel of the Lord was coming through, punishing people with sickness and death. And and God allows David to see the angel over the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David rushes, he's praying, begging God to stop it. David rushes and builds an altar there at that location. That location where the angel stopped, where the plague stopped, is where the temple would be built. And so David had prepared that. And and he also prepared all the things Solomon would need. Back in 1 Chronicles 22, it said, Behold, with great pains I've prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold and and one million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond weight, for they are in great quantity." Also timber and stone I have prepared, and you may add to them. So he's talking to Solomon. We'll see as we read on. He's in a group and he's talking to Solomon in a very public way. He says, there are many workmen with you, stone cutters, masons of stone, carpenters, and all men who are skillful in every kind of work. Of the gold, the silver, and the bronze, and the iron, there is no limit. Arise and work, and may the Lord be with you. He's gathered Solomon and the people and he says, Solomon, we've got the place, we've got the materials, and you have people ready to build, ready to go to add to it. David has prepared. And then one more thing he's prepared. He's prepared leaders to help as well. Verses 17 and 18, he says, David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. You hear a father's love in that, don't you? I'm about to pass on. I need you to help my son as he leads saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? Has He not given you rest on every side? For He has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand. David had won battles everywhere he'd gone. And the land had been conquered the way it was supposed to be. He says, The land is subdued before the Lord and before His people. So David is prepared. He wants Solomon to build the temple, as God has said. And he's he's done all he can to prepare for it. But it wasn't just David. God had also made preparations for Solomon. So David is paving the way for Solomon to build. God is paving the way for Solomon to build the temple as well. And David tells that story in front of this group here in 1 Chronicles 22. It says, Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him. Notice this very public, charging him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And then David says to Solomon in front of everybody, My son, I had intended to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. He tells him how it all all happened. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, 
You have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood on the earth before me. So God told told David he wasn't going to be the person to build the temple, in part because he'd been part of so much war. Some people ask, did David do something wrong with that? We don't think so. Um, In the Bible, God has given governments the sword, Romans 13 calls it, the ability to use force for good. They're supposed to use it for good, not just for whatever they want to do, but for good. And God had given David and the Israelite kingdom the sword to, to use for good, to drive out the inhabitants of the land that had gone so far into idol worship and sin that even their descendants would have not had much chance spiritually. And so David hadn't done anything wrong. But God wanted whoever built that temple to not be a person of bloodshed. In some way, He wanted, he wanted blood to not be part of this. Uh, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, Ezekiel 18 tells us. And so God wants a person of peace. And, and he'll go on in verse 9 to say, Behold, a son will be born to you who shall be a man of rest. Solomon would not be a person of war. He wouldn't have to be. And I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side, for his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. The Hebrew word Solomon and peace sound very similar. So there's probably a play on words there in verse 9. He says, your son Solomon will come and I will give him peace. He'll build the temple, verse 10. He'll build a house for my name. He will be my son. I will be his father in a special way. I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. How do you establish anybody's kingdom forever? That would eventually only be done through Jesus Christ. But you notice God's preparing. It wasn't just David. God had been working things out. God wanted Solomon. He knew what Solomon's path was going to be. It wasn't going to be a path of war. He knew what Solomon's life was going to be. He was going to give him peace, and he wanted him to build the temple. And then David says in these last few verses on this point, Now, my son, the Lord be with you, that you may be successful. You'll hear in these verses as it starts, David knew what Solomon needed most of all was the help of God. The Lord be with you that you may be successful and build the house of the Lord your God just as He has spoken concerning you. Only the Lord give you discretion and understanding and give you charge over Israel so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the ordinances which the Lord commanded Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear nor be dismayed. David knew, if you're going to do this, Solomon, you need God. It's not just going to be that you have gold and silver. It's not just going to be that you have stone and timber and and workers. You need to follow the Lord. And if you follow the Lord, He'll be alongside you and you will prosper. Now, if you're Solomon, what are you thinking? You're here in this assembly your father, the king, the great king of Israel, who God has blessed in everything he's ever done, has very publicly charged you to build the temple. But that's going to be your choice. Because you're going to be king one day. And David's not going to be here anymore. And you're going to have to decide, are you going to build the temple or not? Now you hope you will. Preparation's been made. God wants it to happen. David wants it to happen. It's all laid in front of you. But now Solomon, you have to act. And you have to decide for yourself. Here's what Solomon's task would be in this final verse of the chapter. First of all, he'd have to set his heart. His own heart. David couldn't set it for him. 
David could try, David could live it. He'd had his own problems and ups and downs of faith. But Solomon would have to set his own heart. And so 1 Chronicles 22, 19, that's how David ends this. Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. I hope all of us in this room have set our heart and our soul to seek the Lord God. If you haven't, I hope you'll do that. If, you, if you've stepped off that path, I hope you recommit yourself to it. That's where that building of faith begins. Set your heart to it. We've prepared, David says. God is prepared. God is ready. You've got to set your heart to it. And then he goes on. He's got to, our theme for the year, arise and build. I had noticed it before this year. But I wonder if when the people in Nehemiah's day said, let us arise and build, I wonder if they were intentionally echoing 1 Chronicles 22. Because David says, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build the sanctuary of the Lord God, so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Solomon, you're going to have to choose it. Set your heart, arise and build. And then the last thing I've got here, if he would, if he would arise and build, God would make it good. God would be with him. God would bless it. That's the only thing that would make the temple special. Wasn't the largest temple in the ancient world. Probably wasn't the one with the most gold in the ancient world. What would make this temple special is that God promised, I'm going to live in that place in a special way. He says, isn't God everywhere? Yes, He is. In fact, the Bible says that many times. But God made promises. In a special way, I'm going to be in the temple. When the people left Him, Ezekiel had this prophecy, this vision of God leaving the temple, God's Spirit leaving. When they left God, God left. And that temple wasn't special anymore because God wasn't there. That's what made it special. And so if Solomon would be with God, God would bless it and he would make it good. As David said there in verse 16, Arise and work and may the Lord be with you. God makes things good if we will step forward and act for him. So where do we see ourselves in Solomon? What I hope we see is that like Solomon, God has prepared for us to build our faith. When God says, follow me, when Jesus says, follow me, when God says, give your life to me, it's not that God hasn't made the way. It's not that you have to even do it all by yourself. God has made preparations long before you were ever here. He had a plan before he even built the world. that He was going to establish a church that Jesus was going to die on the cross for our sins. He knew when you would be born. He knew what your days would be like. He knew exactly all the ups and downs you would face. And he prepared a path for salvation. He knew the wrong turns you would take. He knew the sins you would commit. And He'd prepared a way for you to come back to Him. He'd even put people around you, like David was to Solomon, like the leaders were to Solomon. Put people around you to encourage, to call back, to see the gospel, to see the Word of God. Preparation had been made by God and His people long before we showed up. But now we've got to decide. Are we going to step forward and arise and build or not? Some passages about our own faith building that I hope will come together today. Write down Matthew 7 if you're keeping the outline with us. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This is the end of the greatest sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus preaches to the multitudes and He comes near the end and He starts talking about building. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. You hear what Jesus says? If you hear what I'm saying, the words that have been prepared and given and, and, and offered and, and calling you back to me, if you will listen to them and build your life on them, you will find a strength there, just like building a house on a real foundation. And when life happens and difficulties come and, and sin comes and, and tragedy comes and death comes, you'll be okay because you built your house on the right thing. He said, but if you hear what I'm saying, if you hear my words, if you look at all that God has prepared and handed to you and offered to you and you say, like the foolish man, I'm not going to act on that. He says, you're building your house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house, just like it did the wise man's house. But this house fell, and great was its fall. Because this person chose not to build their life on Jesus Christ. They saw the preparation, they saw the call of God, and they said, I'd rather do something else. May that never be us. May we never make that decision to walk away from the Lord without acting, building our life on the wrong thing. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, another great passage to help us think about what God is trying to do to help us build faith. Not just, uh, he's not just saying do it on your own, to help us build faith. Philippians 2, verse 12 says, So then, my beloved, this is Paul writing, Just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You hear the personal responsibility there, don't you? Work out your salvation. Live it out. Build it out. Do what God's asked you to do. But let's not miss verse 13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. God is working in you. To will and to work. To will. Notice that word, both to will. He's trying to help you want to follow Him. He's not making you you got choice, you got decisions to make, but God is trying to help. He's trying to help you want to follow. He's trying to help you make the right decisions without forcing you to do it. you got freedom of choice just like I do. But I just want us to notice here, you and I have responsibility to actually build our faith. God is offering to help. He's trying to help. He is actively working to help us build. You're not doing it by yourself. What about 1 Corinthians 6? Verses 19 and 20. And before I read this verse, I want you to remember the promise that comes up throughout the New Testament. Peter said it in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When people said, what do we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift of the Holy Spirit makes us a temple of God as Christians. However that works, people have, Christians have different understandings of what the Holy Spirit living in us means. But whatever it means, it makes us a temple of God. And that's what 1 Corinthians 6 says. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. When you and I decide we're going to build our faith with the help of God, when you and I decide we're going to become Christians, we're going to make our lives a, a, a follower of Jesus. We become a temple. We've built a temple of God. God lives in us. And there is strength there. 
That's what makes it special. We're not special because of anything we've done. Just like the temple Solomon built, we're only special when God is living in us. He's what gives us strength and hope and forgiveness. And as Ephesians 3.16 says it, Paul has this prayer for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that God would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. In some way, the Spirit strengthens our inner man Helps us live the way we want to live when we don't have the strength to do it. Helps us overcome the challenges we want to overcome when we don't have the strength to do it. God doesn't just say, go live for me. God says, I've prepared it and I'll help you do it. If you'll build your faith, I'm alongside you every step of the way. We've challenged ourselves all year to say, let's build our faith. Let's arise and build. Let's get out of whatever's holding us back and let's build. I want to make sure we didn't end the year without a, a firm reminder. You never do that on your own. That's not something you just do all by yourself. You have God. Because some people struggle with that. Some people say, you know what? I don't know if I can follow Jesus. I've taken too many wrong turns. I've messed up too many things. I've hurt too many people. Too many people know. The answer to that is, you're not making that change by yourself. The answer to that is you come to God and God helps. Someone was baptized here years ago. That had been in his holdup. We didn't, we didn't even know it. I don't know if he even knew how to word it. But at some point, he, he verbalized to somebody, I just don't know if I can keep going. Like if, I, if I'm baptized in Jesus, I don't know if I can keep going. And somebody told him, the thing about that is your faith will grow. You, you, don't, you don't stay where you're at. Your faith will grow. God helps you. And so you're not going to be the same person as you go down the path that you are today. God helps you along that path. We need that reminder. As we try to build our faith, God stands with us. So let's summarize it this way. God has prepared the way for us. He's prepared our lives. Jesus has died on the cross. The sacrifice has been given. The Word of God has been given. He's prepared everything for us to have salvation. Let's recommit ourselves to building our faith, just as Solomon was charged to arise and build the temple. Let's arise and build our faith. Getting past whatever holds us back. When we do, God will make it good. He'll help the transformation. You say, I don't know if I'm good enough. You're not. God will help. God will make it good. I don't know if I can make the change. You might not be able to. God will help. He'll help you make the change. I don't know if I can really become a Christian the, the way I see other people doing it. Maybe you can't, but God will help you along the path and you'll get there. God always stands with His people. Let's build our faith, trusting God will help as we take steps of faith. We're about to sing a song of invitation. Now, we always want people to know, if you'd like to talk privately about anything after our services, we'd be glad to talk with you. If you'd like to talk during the week, we'd be glad to talk. We'd be glad to pray. We're really trying to help each other follow Jesus. That's our goal here. If we can help you in any way, let us know. But the song of invitation is an opportunity. We're going to sing to encourage each other to follow Jesus Christ. It's a chance for anybody to come to the front and say, I'd like everybody to pray for me. I want to take a step of faith. I want to get things out of my life that shouldn't be there. Maybe today you need to become a Christian. If you're thinking through that, I think this is what you'll find they did in the Bible. They heard about Jesus. They came to believe in Jesus. But that wasn't the end. They had decisions to make. They made a commitment of repentance. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And then they confessed their faith in Jesus and were baptized into Him for forgiveness of sins. Maybe you're ready to do that today. If you have questions about that, how to become a Christian, let us know. We'll talk to you. But if you're ready today to come to the front and say, I want to become a Christian today. I want my whole church family here to see me do that and encourage me. We'd love to see you take that step. The Bible also says to pray for each other. If we can pray for you about sin, about struggle, about anything going on in your life, we'd love to do that as well.
you to respond publicly this morning, your body come to the front now while we stand and while we sing.